The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place. And game is the operative word today. Believe it or not, after 200 shows, game is our word today. So let's get it on. Today's buzz, game on, game face, at the top of your game, a whole new ball game. Give the game away, ahead of the game, beating him in his own game, fair game, I'm game. Game is the word of the day. Let's talk about it. In history, we've always been drawn to games, but in our leisure time, Starting way back in ancient Egypt with Senet, S-E-N-E-T. Mahjong came from China. Dice, believe it or not, came from Iran and India. All the way up through modern day, or more modern day than those, Monopoly in the U.S. And today we have, woo video games. But while we were all busy having fun over the centuries... Gaming went on its own course and became a serious player in the arenas of formal learning, yes, in workplace productivity, yes, and even in the domain of sales. In fact, research shows that 70% of the top 2,000 companies in the world plan to use gamification in their workplace by the year 2015. That's just next year. Let me tell you that gamification is a term coined in 2002 by Nick Pelling. So that's coming up next year, and the question of the day is, is your company in it to win it? Yes. Yet, I have a panel of experts ready. They're calling in from all over the world today. We're delighted to have them, and I'm going to bring on my first panelist. He sent me an interesting opening quote, and we'll start there. So first up, calling from the U.K., is Professor Ashok Ranchad. He has so many letters after his name. I'll just read them, BSC, MSC, MBA, PhD, FCIM, and he works at the Games Design Hub. He'll tell you all about that in his quote is, curiosity may have killed the cat, so we should love and respect it, for without curiosity and imagination, we will all be the living dead. OMG. Professor Ashok Ranchad, welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you, Bonnie, and nice to hear you. Nice to hear you, too. Thank you. And all of you. Yes, we're going to be introducing the panel, but first we want to get started with this curiosity. I'm curious about the curiosity. So you're saying we should love and respect it. Talk to me about your quote, please. Okay. Well, when, when, when we were doing the show and you said, well, have you got an interesting idea to discuss? And I am and, and talking about gamification. Um, one of the thoughts that came to me is we, we often use the, the, the quote, the curiosity killed a cat, you know, mm-hmm. almost as a thing where we say, Oh, the, because the cat's so curious, something went wrong, and it's not a good thing to do. But I think we should respect that idea, because if you're not curious and you're not sniffing around, 
you actually don't discover new things and you don't get your imagination working. And, and so I think we should, we should salute that. And I, and, and I feel that very much uh, in terms of the advances that we have in science and technology and, and certainly in areas such as gaming, that we need to be more curious. We need to understand what, what motivates people, what makes them tick, uh, how, how can we fire the imagination, how do people actually interact uh, within games, how, how do people interact with technology. These are all issues that require a great deal of curiosity and a great deal of imagination. So that's, that's, to be honest, is the angle that I was, uh, I was coming from. And, of course, we can see all this happening even now because as technology changes, you know, um, Facebook have just bought, bought Oculus and, you know, looking at uh, 3D kind of ideas with goggles and it's going to change the nature of gamification quite, quite a lot. And eventually there will be all sorts of uh, interesting things like holograms appearing. So, um, yeah, let's be curious and let's imagine. I love it. And let me ask you a quick question before we go on to our second panelist, Ashok. Question is, is curiosity how we came up with games? Do you think somebody was sitting there in in cave days, perhaps, or back in ancient Egypt, they were building the pyramids. Life was very heavy duty. They were lifting these huge stones, and the pharaoh was hitting them with the whips, and Charlton Heston was coming out of the gate with the chariots, and somebody said, for God's sake, let's use our imagination and our curiosity, and let's find a way to have some fun here. I think so. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think because if you look if you look at the history of dice and whatever, there was no initially there was no value to it. I mean, eventually it became sort of gambling and whatever. But initially there was no value to it. It was more that people wanted to just have fun and lose themselves. So there's I a lot about it. the fun theory in gaming as well. So I think I think it's just release from the tension. Let's sit down. Let's just have a laugh. Let's just play a game. Let's let's compete, and and let's have a bit of fun. And I and I think you're right. I think it must have been curiosity because, you know, here's here's a bit of stone or a six six-sided stone. And what are we going to do? We're going to put a dot here, a dot there. If we mm-hmm. throw it about, what happens? We get random things. And and I'm sure. I'm sure that's what happened. I think you're right. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing with me. You don't always have to, by the way. I'm just the host. <laughs> Let me bring on your co-panelist, the second person on our panel today. It's Gopal Rajguru. He tells me he is a guru, and he's the director of Innovate and Grow Group, and that's Innovate with the plus sign, Grow. And his quote is, gamification has its place, but some things are difficult to put into a meaningful game that both both entertains and educates. So we've got our operative word entertainment here, which as far as we know going back in time was why people had games. And now we've introduced the other E word, educate. Gopal Rajguru, welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. How are you today? I am very well. Thank you for having me here on the on the show. It's really a delight to be here. A pleasure. I'm glad you're delighted, as am I. So talk to me about gamification. Sounds like it's not the end-all and be-all when we're talking about introducing it into business or education. So so what's your take on this, Gopal? Well, I think my, my take on it is this. Everything has a place. And it's, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, for the man who has a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. And 
gamification sometimes, and I'm, I'm not accusing every, everyone of doing this, but I think it, it comes across as, as, the, as the hammer in that it's the solution for everything. And, and I just don't believe that entirely. I believe that there is, you have to have the right tool for the right job. You, you need to have some things that, that really work extremely well as games. And I work in the area of sales training or sales education. And so teaching salespeople who are, who are notoriously attention deprived, a game has a fascinating, fascinating element that is, that harnesses some things in salespeople, particularly their competitive nature, that makes them an ideal platform for teaching and particularly for reinforcing certain things. There are other topics, however, that we've run across in which that, it just doesn't work. It's hard to put some things into a, into a meaningful game. So it's a combination of things. I, I'm a firm believer that we should use the right tool for the right job. And while gamification, I think, has its place in a number of different contexts, and Ashok talked about them just, just now, there, uh, there are still others in which it doesn't necessarily apply in the same way. Okay, thank you very much, Gopal. Great information, great introduction as well. Let's bring on our third panelist today. It's Philip Herzig. He's a researcher and developer at SAP, and he has a very interesting quote from Brian Sutton-Smith, who is a play theorist and game researcher. Aha, and here's the quote. The opposite, oh boy, the opposite of play is not work, it's depression. Ah, you're getting me upset already. (laughs) Philip Herzig, welcome. How are you? You're calling from Germany today, aren't you? Yeah, I'm I'm calling from Germany. I'm very glad to to be on the show today. I'm very delighted. Thank you very much. We're delighted. We've been looking forward to this topic for a long time. It's long overdue. So, you're getting me upset here. The opposite of play is not work, it's depression. OMG, talk to me. Interesting quote. Tell me a little bit about why you picked Brian Sutton-Smith and what this means to you. You, Philip. Yeah. So the quote comes a little bit from the ongoing or the, or the current research activities that we are also involved in. And when, what you can notice, so there, are, for example, in the workplace, and so or let me start like that. In Germany, for example, we have always that notion of uh, do the job first and the fun or the, the leisure or something like that comes afterwards, right? So it's somehow we always somehow have a disconnection or we consider work to be somehow disconnected to, from having fun or something like that. But on the other side, if you look at established workplace theories, for example, in psychological models and things like that, you can see that there are a lot of factors uh, that can be considered, if they are supported well, that lead to engagement in the workplace. And if you now analyze games with regards to the same factors, you can, uh, you can see that the same fact, you can find the same factors, but they are supported in a different way and, and, and therefore support higher levels of engagement. Now, the opposite typically in psychology is if those factors are not supported, uh, that lead to work engagement and therefore to a positive organizational outcomes, uh, these factors uh, eventually lead to uh, negative uh, health-related outcomes, for example, burnout or depression. So this is typically considered mm-hmm. as the opposite effect of engagement in the workplace. And as, as I said, interesting, it is very interesting that the same factors in games are supported in the workplace as well. Unfortunately, not with the same kind of levels. So therefore, we always uh, have a little bit, uh, yeah, they are not so good supported in, in, in the workplace. And unfor- however, on the other side, they are not so, uh, they are not disjoint from each other. That's that's the, why the, why I picked this quote. 
Okay, thank you. Do you think there's any danger, Philip, in bringing too much gaming? Is there such a thing? I know back in the day before, I think even before 2002, when the term gamification was coined by this person I mentioned, uh, Nick Pelling, uh, a lot of companies were bringing in gym, a, a gymnasium, a workout room. They were bringing in arcade games. I was in one of those workplaces where people, uh, my, my engineer Brad says there's never enough gaming. Thank you very much, Brad. Uh, <laughs> the point is that they were bringing in phys- eye-hand coordination types of games so that people could take a 10 or 15 minute instead of a coffee break, which is sacred to us here on Coffee Break Radio, people could physically go to another location at work and they could play something for a little while. Do you think mm-hmm. that 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 was the the naissance, if you will, Philip, of giving people an opportunity to just relax at work and not such a bad thing. What do you think? I, I mean, it's not only that uh, directly related to relax to, re, to relaxation or something like that. And what we are doing primarily in gamification and also in information systems today, for example, at SAP, we try to, to put that more into the software because the software systems, which are pervasively used in the workplace today, act perfectly as a mediator to to somehow uh, connect the the ongoing business activities, so the the activities that 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 the employee is really doing, to connect them with a gameful experience and. Therefore, make those activities more uh, more uh, engaging to some degree. So we don't have something like, oh, okay, we are introducing a, a, a new corner or a new gym or something like that, where the people can go there and relax and have fun, maybe with some games or something like that. But we somehow try to make the connection and put it directly onto the activities in in the job, so to say. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate that segue. And talking about segue, let's circle back to Ashok. I have a very important question. I'm not fooling around here, Ashok. What's in your cup today? And you knew this was coming because our show is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'd love to know what are you drinking right now or what would you wish you were drinking if nothing interesting in your cup? Talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's in my cup today? Actually, uh, I haven't got anything in my cup at the moment. But if if I was looking for something, I think uh, I might look for a mocha. A mocha, okay. And yeah. would that be uh, would that be a hot mocha, a cold mocha? Would it be skim? Hot. Would it be hot? Be hot. hot. Lots of, lots of caffeine in there with maybe a shot of yeah. espresso or oh. Yeah, I, yeah, a shot I, of espresso as well. Yeah, definitely. I read you right. I hate to lead the witness, but I th- sensed you were that kind of a guy. Okay, very good. Very good. I know you, you would need that right now because you've got some stories to tell us. I read your notes, and you've got some interesting gaming stories to tell us. Gopal Raj Guru, you're calling from where? Paris today? Is that right? I am. I'm in Paris today, yes. Oh, you must be drinking something amazing, tell me, or about to after the show. What's in your cup? Uh, after the show, yes. I, the, 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 since tomorrow is my birthday, today is going to be a oh. nice nice glass of wine. Actually, it's going to be in my glass rather than my cup. Well, happy, happy birthday. We won't ask which number because we don't ask ladies and we don't ask gentlemen, but happy birthday. Any special celebrations in the city of light, in the city of romance? Anything you want to share with us quickly? Well, n- n- unfortunately, no. It's just preparing for a client meeting tomorrow morning, so it's uh, it's just going to be uh, you know a, a little celebration here with my colleagues. That that's it. Well, consider this the pre-celebration here with us on Game Changers exactly. Radio. We're delighted to have you. Thank you. And Philip Herzig calling from Germany. Where exactly in Germany are you today, Philip? Uh, I'm in a hotel today in the middle of Germany, and exactly at the borderline between Western and Eastern Germany. What are you drinking? 
I have a Jacob's black coffee in my cup, nothing else, just puristic black coffee, filtered coffee, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing special. And loaded with caffeine, I bet, yes? Absolutely, sure. <laughs> yes, well, I have a secret for you. Don't tell anyone, Philip. They don't let me have caffeine on radio show days. They just don't. It would be way too dangerous. Guess what? You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. I've got an amazingly interesting panel, and they have their game on because we're talking today about gamification, all about it, specifically filling the customer expectation versus sales gap. That may not be good English, but you get the gist of it. My guests today are Professor Ashok Ranchad, Gopal Rajguru, and Philip Herzig. We're going to be right back after the break, and we're going to launch into our roundtable session. It will be approximately 30 minutes nonstop, so I'm warning my panelists to please put your seat belts on. We're going to go full tilt. To my listeners, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I will be after the break, as far as I know. We're wishing Gopal Rajguru an early happy birthday. Brad, out! When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We are, and in case I didn't mention it, we are live. Today is April 9th, 2014. It's another Wednesday, and of course, we're here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Our topic today, gamification. We're talking about it from the educational as well as the business side. What is the use of gamification? How can it help your company? Are you game on? Are you in the game? I have a panel of experts, and they really are smart. No fooling around. Professor Ashok Ranchad, Gopal Rajguru, and Philip Herzig are with me today, and we're going to launch into our roundtable right now. I understand that uh, that Professor Ashok Ranchad has some very interesting stories about, I'll just use the keyword, Minecraft. Why don't you tell us about Legos? Let's talk about Legos first. Uh, Ashok, why don't you start (laughs) off our roundtable? Give me about a, I'll give you three minutes here. I won't count the seconds, but you have some fascinating stories about gaming and Legos and your observations particularly a Lego show called Towering Ambition. Go back and talk to me. What did, what did you see? Okay. Um, what, what happened was I was uh, reading the Financial Times some time back, and, and I'm, I am aware of the game Minecraft, and, and a lot of children love this game because there's no um, 
real kind of end to it. You know, it's not a shoot 'em up or anything. And you can do all sorts of creative things and build buildings and play around and do 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 whatever you like. And uh, what Douglas Coupland, uh, who who wrote this article, was saying was that he was looking at the National Building Museum um, in Washington D.C. and he went. There was a Lego show called Towering Ambitions, mm-hmm. and when he looked at all the Lego things that have been built, they were all kind of quite bizarre shapes, you know, nothing nothing like the conventional things that we see, because a lot of it was done by kids with imagination and obviously um, seeded in their minds was pro- were probably fantasy characters, etc., that they pick up in, in games. So what happened was he found all these, this kind of strange DNA in, in, in these um, buildings that the kids were building. And, and then, so he decided to do some experiments himself and said, okay, come on, guys, you know, I'm going to do a little exhibition um, and build some things for me. And he, again, got these wonderful and weird shapes and, you know, could be the architects of the future. You don't know, you know. So... So he he then started playing around and said, well, are these kids actually really rewired differently? Okay. So when when they when they sort of playing on the iPad and and he watched some kids playing on the iPad and creating Minecraft and creating Lego type uh, buildings, etc. So fast, so so speedy, so dexterous and looking at a sort of 3D navigation chicken, and, and then saying things like, oh, I'm going to spawn a chicken now, and the chicken's going to fight with the castle walls. So, you know, there's all these bizarre things going on, and he, he just felt very humbled. And, and I think sometimes we feel a bit humbled when we see kids doing all these things, because you kind of think, hang on a bit. You know, why can't they do it, and why can't we do it? And, and what's going on in their brain um, are they being rewired? So what's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, when people are using something like Minecraft. So those, those are the kind of observations, really. Very interesting. And, and the curiosity, going back to your original quote, Ashok, about yes. curiosity, uh, the respect and love for it without curiosity and imagination, we would, I, I just hate this, but it's true, we would all be the living dead. I want to bring Gopal yeah. Rajguru into this. Gopal, what have your observations be, or any comments on the Lego story and the Minecraft story and the, the innate curiosity that we want to keep innate in children that we are now trying to bring into corporate gamification? Gopal, observations, please. Very much so. In fact, I, I love that story a lot. It's, uh, you know, the curiosity of children is something that we as adults, I think, admire. And it's it's one of those things that for, for whatever reason, well, I, I know the reasons because, you know, we have it sort of trained out of us because as we, as we grow, I mean, as children, we have this natural sense of curiosity that is pretty much automatic in the, uh, in our, um, in our in our um, in our personalities, and as we grow, it we're, we're told more and more. We're, we're we're hemmed in by saying, "Well, no, don't try that. No, don't do that. No, no, that's wrong." And and this is wrong. You, you remember the example of, of Niels Bohr, for example, who was who was asked as a as a, as a young child. You know, he was Niels Bohr was the uh, Nobel Prize uh, winner mm-hmm. in physics some years ago. 
and he was asked as a child, you know, when we were working in, in a physics class, how would you measure the height of a building using a barometer? And mm. the right answer that the teacher sought was, of course, you take the barometric pressure at the bottom of the building, you go up to the top of the building, measure the barometric pressure, and given the formula that exists for the degradation of barometric pressure over altitude, you would know exactly by the millimeters of mercury in your barometer exactly what the height of the building was. But that's not the answer with which Niels Bohr came up. He, he came up instead and said, well, I think there are a number of ways you could actually do this. Yeah, okay, what yeah. are they? And, and he, he said, well, you could take the barometer, whose height I know, and simply you know, mark off the building and measure it by, by going up the side of the building and just measuring with, the, with a number of barometer heights that it would go. Oh, but that's, that's the wrong way. Why? I'd still know the height of the building. And then he said, well, okay, well, what other way do you have? He said, well, that's easy. I also know that the acceleration of gravity is 9.8 meters per second squared. So if I go to the top of the building and I drop the barometer off the top of the building and I listen for when it hits the ground, I know by, calcula by calculating, I know exactly how high the building is because I know how fast the barometer is falling. <laughs> but that's not the right answer. And it's this, it's this seeking for the right answer that I think takes this creativity and this natural curiosity out of us because we all seek the one right answer. And there are actually maybe multiple right answers. And that, that's, the, that's the thing. There, there, were, there were other answers with which he came up. My favorite one was actually, he said, I would go to the building manager and threaten to kill him with my barometer unless he told me the height of the building. <laughs> <laughs> That was my absolute favorite one. But, uh, That's a I think so. I think so. The curiosity. Exactly. That's right. I mean, it's, it's and a, a lot of imagination. And, and no, somebody would be depressed, and it would be the building manager as he was dropping. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, let's go to Philip Hurst. We're having a lot of fun here. But it's a gaming topic, and we are going to get serious in a minute. But Philip Hurst, again, he comments on what we've already been talking to so far. Yeah, so uh, from my perspective, that's absolutely right with the curiosity thing. But uh, but it's not only about uh, curiosity, the, this gaming thing, because a lot of things that we also try to do in a, in a gamification thing is uh, simply doing actually the opposite. Because what what curiosity and that playful behavior that Ashok and and, and uh, Google are ta we're talking about, they, this is of course true. But we also have somehow this uh, gameful behavior and gameful behavior is more shaped by clear rules and the feedback. So if you go, for example, mm -hmm. also into Minecraft and so on, it might be not enough only uh, to, to break and placing blocks, which is a very creative task, of course. Also, if you play chess or something like that, right? So we typically call that an emergent game because we have all these kinds of different combinations that we can do in it. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it needs our creativity to derive strategies to beat an opponent or to, to get through the level or something like that, right? That's the curiosity part. But on the other side, what is also very, very motivating on the other side is uh, all these kind of things that are very, very rule-based. We can, we can uh, derive a lot of motivation out of systems where there are precise rules, where there's a clear feedback stru structure that guides us towards the goal and, and, and aspects like that. And this feedback, of course, has to be, for example, time and so on and so and it's, it's such a game like if you take for example a game like like World of Warcraft or Diablo those typical progression games they don't have so many emergent structures right that yeah. for, somehow they, they also have curiosity but they have a more clear progress structure you have at the very beginning for example you have a you have a 
a character that is not nice looking. He looks weak. You don't have special items that that the character wears. But later on, you can equip a lot of things to this character and so on. And he's now cool looking and so on. And he gets up in the levels. He gets more strength. He can beat more powerful enemies and so on. So this is a kind of master mastery structure, for example, that is also very very motivating in game. So it's not only that curiosity thing thing, which is a, a very very uh, strong motivator. Uh, this cur- and for also a very very good fun element, but um, there are much more other elements also when it when it comes to to games, especially I think also in the gamification domain. I think. Thank I you. Think that's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say yeah, I think that's very true because if you look at any game, I mean, you take tennis for instance, or football or whatever, it's yeah. rule based. They're all rule based. Yeah, exactly. And what people are doing is they're getting better and better and better and more professional exactly. within that rule base. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So what it, what it, this typical definition is saying is that a, a game is typically something is a problem solving activity. We really try to solve a problem, and and but with a playful attitude. It's not very strict. Only they yeah. say you have to do it, uh, and and yeah, I come back in a month, and then I pay you a hundred dollars or something like that. But it's like really you do that, and you get and, and for each step you are doing when you are. Uh, progressing towards the goal, you are getting a particular amount of feedback that says, tells you, ah, okay, this is the right direction, or oh, oh no, yeah. no, no, this is maybe the yeah. wrong direction. Let's let's try it a little bit different. Thank like you, yeah. and I love the way you're all jumping in. That's exactly the point of how we do the roundtable. I want to go to something in the notes that Gopal Rajguru sent me before the show. Take this in a slightly different direction. We've established gaming. It's fun, curiosity, imagination. Sometimes it guides you. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes when it doesn't guide you, it's amazing where innate curiosity and imagination takes us. But let's talk about more guided games. Let's segue this into the business world, which is the, the ultimate point of our conversation today. So, Gopal, I'm going to read the following, and I'd like you to talk about it, and then we'll have Ashok and Philip in no particular order chime in, and let's go in this direction. So, you say gamification is often seen as a panacea, but it's not. No, I didn't say gaming. I said gamification, and here's the, another point you made. The core of the problem is how to educate people with meaningful content in an increasingly attention-deprived world. So, let's go into the serious aspect of gamification under the concept of what can we do with it in business. Go, Paul, why don't you lead us off with this, please? Okay. Well, uh, gamification is, is, to me, it's a very, very useful tool. I think it's, it's one of those things that can take a topic that is often difficult to bring across to an audience who is either, I wouldn't say unreceptive, but let's say difficult, has difficulty being receptive to this, uh, to, this, uh, to this topic and bringing it across to them in a way that lowers the barriers of acceptance to them and makes it easier for them to acquire new talent, new skills, or to test their skills, to apply their skills, whatever. So it, it, it is a very, very, very useful tool. And, and that's the way we try to use it in, in my principal business, which is sales performance improvement and leadership mm-hmm. development is to try and get people to understand what are often very difficult topics and to try and do that in a way that helps them actually understand what they're, what they're, what they're doing or learn new, new topics in a way that makes them, you know, it lowers the barrier, if you will, to the, to the, to the whole process. So that, that really is, is, is for me the, the, the key, key use of gamification. There are, however, topics that, that are 
just difficult to do that with and 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 you know it, it's 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 finding as, as go, going back to my earlier definition which is you have to have the right tool for each job you can't simply use one and apply it as i called it a panacea but you can't simply apply it as a as a panacea and say it will work for everything the whole world really doesn't look like a nail yeah, exactly. Okay. I completely agree with I completely agree with that because typically what what happens is okay what when you are looking at typical gamification designs today and uh, or or if if someone if if you go out and ask someone okay I I understand gamification may may make a difference somehow okay let's tell me what I have to do and then most gamification designs look something like okay you have the core behaviors like I don't know closing a sale or going through a business process or something like that and then you get a couple of points maybe you get some badges and in the end your points are, uh, are somehow used to be ranked on the leaderboard which is a competitive structure to, to rank mm-hmm. people and compare people with each other uh, in, a, in a competitive way and um, mm-hmm. but later on um, you have the problem. You have the problem that um, you will realize that, for example, competition that might be good in a sales department. Where, where obviously, I, I'm not so familiar with sales departments, but people in sales departments obviously love that. But in other departments, take for example, development department, where the people should collaborate and not compete with each other, uh, then we, for example, realize that com- such competitive structures are not so good, and we try to en- enforce more collaborative uh, game mechanics, collaborative structures. Uh, where you put in, for example, where where you are gifting each other, or you are relying on principles such as reciprocity and things like that, so that you really team up as a team and and, and get stronger. And and yeah. the gamification is only to put in more transparency: who is contributing and how much, and 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 that that only with the the contribution of the single person the, the job could be done. But it's not uh, not all, it's not like it's done today, where it's completely intransparent and no one really knows what the contribution contribution to the overall uh, success of the team of the company or the department or whatever it is so this is then so what what i would say is um it's not it, beforehand before you go directly into before proposing a design or something like that you have to really rigorously research or try to investigate what is the behavior or what is the motivation of the people to do their job so right mm-hmm. basically they had an initial motivation why they studied a particular class or why they why they go for a particular job or things like that and those kind of motivations are really really interesting to know because the gamification concept can then be used to reinforce those kind of uh, motivations and then the gamification will work. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we have to be. We, we. I, I entirely agree with everything you say, and it has to be con- contextually driven. I mean, the other thing we have to keep our minds open to is that gamification is not just digital all the time. Um, I mean, the, I've forgotten the guy's name, but he's he's a best-selling guy who who actually does games for the Pentagon which are games that are played in a big room, you know, with people. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's got, uh, you know, clients as long as your arm, you know, all, all over the world. And so you've, you've, you've got gamif- gamification processes which can go digital, you know, those same, very same gamification processes, but there are also gamification processes which I suspect that Gopal is probably using, which are more physical and, and people are, are actually playing something like Monopoly or whatever, 
you know? In fact, Ashok, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, one example of, of a, you know, a non-sales related but still competitive environment is, is one that I've used, uh, you know, it, it's been around for a number of years, like, uh, you know, what we call business simulations, yes. you know, to, yeah. to, yeah. to yeah. learn finance, for example. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, rather than rather than simply saying, well, here's an accounting book and, you know, the basic principle of, uh, of accounting, looking at a balance sheet, an income statement and all of that things, they're in there. You know, chapter two does this and chapter five does this. And the person looking at you with shrugged shoulders saying, uh, excuse me, mm-hmm. whereas you put them into a into a game and and say, OK, here are your roles. This is what you're going to do. And these are the things you can do, and this is the impact that they will have. Then understanding, for example, that making an investment over a period of time has the effect of interest, has the effect of amortization and things like that. They go, oh, that's why my proposal was not accepted, because the payback period was too long. I mean, that kind of aha moment is something mm-hmm. that, that from, from, from the traditional means of educating that particular discipline would be you know one out of 20 or one out of 50 people that might potentially get it and raising that to the level where 20 or 19 out of 20 would very easily and quickly understand it in an environment that actually helps them understand how the the movement of money for example which is what a business simulation does Mm -hmm. would would actually work you know what's the dynamics of it that's that's something where i think gamification can really raise the level of acceptance tremendously that's very interesting you say that because one of one of the things that we've been trying to do here is precisely that. I mean, I've used simulations for, for, for many, many years. And one of my interests is to bring simulations and gaming closer together so that actually you have a virtual reality environment as well as not just spreadsheets and things that pop up on the screen, but you've got other things that you can, you can you know, sort of look at and softer aspects that could, could be brought in. So there's a whole area which is sort of quite wide open, I would say, for, for, for looking at things. And I think, I think Philip is making some forays into this from, from uh, the discussion we had before anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, I want to look at something in Philip's discussion points because I'm trying to play fair here around the circle. And by the way, I love the way you're all playing the game. I call it the game playing in the <laughs> sandbox here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. It's important. Not every panel gets it where they can just talk to each other. So I appreciate the three of you. Philip Herzig, you told me uh, some interesting points. You may have touched on this briefly, but I'd like to focus a little more closely. Now, you say although gamification can be a very powerful tool, it is often used completely in a wrong way due to the (laughs) ongoing hype. And you say this misuse leads to many designs that are not viable and, most important, not desirable. Uh Uh-oh, we mean there's a downside to the wrong kind of gamification. Philip, why don't you introduce this topic? And, of course, I know Ashok and Gopal will chime in. So, Philip, you're on. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we, we typically, real, as I, I mean, I already made a, some of these points, right? Because we typically say, oh, okay, let's introduce a couple of points, and we don't really realize what, what that means. I mean, and then, which already re- leads somehow, uh, led already somehow to those things, oh, no, we have to get rid of points, badges, and leaderboards, or something like that. No, but, but there's nothing bad about a point or a badge or something, but if they, but, 
a point can be completely misused if they are, for example, not mm-hmm. put into a meaningful context. Now, here's, for example, a story. They tried in the U.S. to motivate uh, truck drivers to uh, drive more safely or to, uh, to not uh, drive so aggressive that they save fuel for the company. But it was more or less only a motivation, like in a traditional economics. Management has an idea how to save something. Aha, uh-huh, manage- gamification sounds like a good idea to motivate people. Aha, uh-huh, so let's, let, let's use that in the, in the old carrot stick, like the old carrot Mm-hmm. methodology to motivate people so that they are doing what they what they what we are want them to do right so they introduced them an app with a with an with a with a with this uh yeah where, where they can track their their fuel uh, that that they used and so on and they were rewarded with points uh when they when they use less points now unfortunately the truck drivers completely refused to use this application because they they really felt exploited by the application they of course are not 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 uh uh, silly guys, they are clever enough and they understand what the management is trying to do. Maybe if they even see that there might be a benefit for society, for the environment with regards to pollution or something like that, it's completely uh, sold in the wrong way because the points that they got, they were completely not in the right context. And more importantly, it, they were not connected somehow to the connection to the drivers, right? Those kind of truck drivers, they have typically, they have they have uh, problems with their, with their back. They have typically... Uh, Family-related conflicts because they are never at home and things like that. They they are always driving around. Don't have really a social connection to maybe mm-hmm. except uh, at the parking lot or something like that. Never really have a social connection. So these are really the problems of the drivers. Even if they love their job, they have somehow these kinds of problems, and and so, somehow. Uh, this is this was completely not reflected within the application. And what I typically then suggest is well take these kinds of initial motivations into account and if the gamification concept somehow is a trade-off between the motivation of the, of, the, of, the, of the end users who in the end perceive the gamification concept and maybe the goals that the, that the management has, then the gamification, at least now I'm speaking again of gamification related to business processes, right, to everyday's mm-hmm. business, uh, then, then the gamification can be a very good mean. On the other side, we have a lot of bad designs and in the next years, uh, I am as a my my um yeah, I think you want to hold, hold that for the predictions at the end of the show? Uh, yeah, yeah we start? do the predictions at the end of the time. Hold, yes. hold that for the <laughs> predictions because it's coming up soon. I want to save that gem. Yes, Ashok, Ashok and Gopal, anything you want to comment on that great example that Philip gave? By the way, Philip, the truck drivers might not get home very often, but they probably have their favorite truck stop in whatever country they're in, and that might be where they do their most of their face-to-face socialization. Just a comment. Uh, Ashok, Gopal, any, question, any comments on what Philip just brought up, which was a great right. example? I think I think um, it it is a good example because you know the the idea is that people have got to feel some sort of benefit for, uh, from what they're doing instead of just sort of mere exploitation or getting them to work harder. So there's got to be an element of fun. You know, what is the fun thing? Am I going to get you know a holiday out of it or whatever? I'll give you an interesting example on on this. Um, there's a company, um, I won't mention the company, but they, they, they do advert gaming. And the guy said, you know, I, I, had a, I had a lot of problems getting people, all these programmers and whatever, to get things done in time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then I, I just created a game. I thought, well, we, 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 we're a gaming company. Why don't we just create a game? I said, I created a game, get everything done in time. These are the schedules, and if you meet them... Um, you're going to have a weekend in Paris, and you're going to have this and that. 
And he said the whole thing changed. Everybody was so motivated that they wanted to win these holidays that um, they'd work for them. So they didn't feel exploited. They actually wanted mm -hmm. these prizes. They have so, to be prizes you know, that are desirable, though. That's right. They have to have yeah. value. Gopal, yeah, any thoughts on this? Mm-hmm. Go, pal. Well, I, I, and, and, and I hate to agree violently, but that's exactly <laughs> what I have to do here. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Go for it. <laughs> but that, that's, Play the game. The thing is, <laughs> is, is that if, you know, in order to be successful, the players must connect to the game. There has to be, in the end, it's, it's, it's not just a matter of entertainment. There has to be a sense of fulfillment. Mm. It has to have something in it for me. And that's why, for example, when we created a, a you know a, a a sales simulation game, we 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 put at the heart of that game something that salespeople, the people that that are our target audience for this, they, that something that they can identify with, something that they have to do every single day. They have to try and understand how customer decisions are made, and we turn that into a competition. They have to understand what they want, and they turn that into a competition. They have to understand how to make a value proposition and how to differentiate from competitors. And then we, we turn all of that into, into, into elements that were gamified, but there were still very serious elements to which they had mm -hmm. a deep personal connection because it's their everyday life. So when you can take that little level of abstraction and take something that is already something in which, in which they have a connection and then make that into a more interesting, entertaining, engaging form of, of, of education, then it has a, a much greater chance of actually succeeding, in my opinion, because then it, it's, there is the entertainment factor, but you actually get something out of it. There is, there is yeah. still the perception of personal benefit through either participating in or winning the game. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and it, 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 people do it in, in games for health, you know. What, what health benefit Here, am yeah. I going to get? You know? That's right. We want, them, we want them to be healthier. We want them to pay attention, but we want to teach them along the way in the form of a game, but have a serious health benefit as an outcome. Now, I have a news flash for my panelists. We're not going to take a break before we go into the predictions round because you're on such a roll, rolling the dice on radio <laughs> live, that I don't want to interrupt. But I do have a request before we go into the predictions section, and that is, Gopal, I'm going to ask you, since you, you were the last to speak, I'm going to ask you to address our topic. I don't think we've we've exactly gotten there yet, and I have to warn you also I'm inviting you all back for part two very soon because this is a big discussion. But my question is, the title of the show, the topic was Gamification, Filling the Customer Expectation Versus Sales Gap. So if you could segue us just very briefly, Gopal, and then, of course, Ashok and Philip, I'd like you to chime in. I expect you to play the game and chime in, rather. Uh, how, what is the application in the realm of sales? In other in other words, you give somebody a game. You say, oh, play the game. In the process, you're educating them about your product. You're educating them about your company culture. You're trying to get into their head and make it fun, but you're saying, click on this. Oh, I'm watching a video. That's interesting. I didn't know that company did that. Click on here. Oh, a very small white paper. I think that's a, an oxymoron. Pops up, and they say, oh, I think I'll read a little bit. And at the end, they're given a screen that says, oh, would you like to sign up for a free trial? So talk to me about the, the role of gamification, briefly, Gopal, in the sales process. What's your observation? Well, my observations are, are, are this. I think, you know, customer engagement is, is one, of the, one of the key elements 
of, of any organization's sales process. Now, they use different methods to do it. You use entertaining websites, you know, such as what you're, what you're talking about, a, a mini gamification or a mini gamified process of, of under, uncovering products and different services that a company offers and so forth. And that, yes. I think, serves, serves very, very well for the first-time customer. It doesn't work so well for the second or third or fourth time they visit, mm-hmm. but it serves very well for the first time. They also use other means to engage customers, one of which is, of course, and probably the one that's most important based on on some of the research we've done, is competent people who can actually help them address and solve their problems. And that, that I think, is, is, is the part that's hard to turn into, into a game. I mean, for, for, for many people, particularly from the sales side of things, one of the things that they're most frustrated with is, is vendors who are either hell-bent on selling them a product which they may or may not see a connection to, or they're trying to, they're trying to, 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 to make things in, in a way that say, well, you must have this problem because you called us, and we have a solution. Back to the, you know, I have a hammer, and so your problem must, by this definition, be a nail. So trying to, trying to, trying to, trying to make, that, make that, that interface work is quite difficult to actually do into a game that actually works for a wide variety of customers. It works the first time, and you can you can attract a certain segment of customers, but others are simply beyond it. So that's why I said in, in my opening quote as well, gamification is often seen as a panacea. It's like, well, if we do this, it'll work for everyone. Well, just like right. anything else, one size doesn't fit all. You have to have the right tool for the right situation and the right customer. And, and from, a, from, a sales, from a sales perspective, I think that it's one of the things that we have, to, we have to really work harder to do, which is to understand the needs of the customer and make sure we address those needs rather than simply trying to predict or even dictate what those needs are and simply move them down a particular path that we have predetermined. Thank you, Gopal. I'm, I'm guessing we would need the services of a gamification psychologist or a sociologist to look at these behaviors and not just say, oh, here's a cute game. Give me 100000 and I'll pop it out, and wow, everybody will love it. You know what, guys? It's We're seven minutes till the end of the show. We're going to do a part two soon. I'll send you a date because seven minutes exactly because we have just touched the business side. I think we need to get into the serious business side. I'll talk to, we talk to the powers that be. Oh, I own the calendar. I'll put you in. Not a problem. But now we really in earnest have, and I realize I only gave you one break the whole hour, but I know you're, you're up to the game, you three. So let's start with Ashok. Ashok, I can give you 90 seconds. 90 seconds is your exact game time to give me your predictions. If we met five years from today or six years, which would be hindsight 2020, hello, uh, Ashok, what do you think would change about gamification as its role in business? Give me 90 seconds, and we'll go to Gopal and then Philip, and then we'll have to end, right. but we will come back. Right. So talk to me. Okay, quickly. So my, my view is that we're talking about engagement and people working together. In 2020, we will be having simulations in a room where you've got virtual characters which are holograms, and you'll be interacting with them, learning things. There's a whole range of different things that are going to happen there. Um, And I can't even imagine it, to be honest, but I think it's it's, it's going to go that way, where the physical and the virtual are going to meet in some form or another. 
I need you to imagine it because you're one of the movers and shakers in gamification. <laughs> you work in the games design hub at University of Southampton. We need you to imagine it. I know you're curious, but that's a great prediction. I, I give you another 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Go ahead. I have a little more time. Add on to that. If And what will these holographic figures look like? Who will they be? Will they be aliens? Will well, they the, be the, real people? Well, I mean, this is where the fascination comes in, isn't it? The curiosity. I mean, you could you could have holographic feet, uh, uh, people just as you want them, like, you know, in Star Wars or anything like that, you know, R2-D2, you, for, mm-hmm. for instance, or, or you could have people, you know, or you could have Superman. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really you matter. Could ha- you could have your boss. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you, may, you, could, you could stick needles into somebody and, and they may not feel it, you see. I'm just playing with you. Thank you, Ash. I'm Gopal Raj, Guru, our birthday guy. I won't call you birthday boy because I don't know. I'll call you birthday boy. Gopal, I can give you a minute and a half. Give me your predictions, please. Go. Okay. I, I think, uh, as, as, as Ashok has said, I think gamification will become a, it won't become a rarity or a novelty, but it'll become very much a part of many aspects of our lives in ways to, to learn, particularly for, for technology, in, in ways to learn technology or new techniques. It'll become a, a way in which we can engage and it'll be more user-driven, so I can choose when and where and how, and particularly even the elements of the game that, that I want to use to learn a new set of skills, a new topic, a new whatever, as a, as a way to engage myself and at the same time mm-hmm. be entertained in the way that I wish it to be. So I think that the, 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 the game will change from a standardized way the designer sees it to a way in which the user wants to use it. Gopal, quick question before we turn to Philip Herzig. I do have time for you, Philip. Gopal, is this generational? This has been a question on my mind during the entire show. Is the gamification gene or this curiosity or, yes, it's a game, is this only, I won't just say millennials or what they call themselves, the the net geners, is this the Gen Xers, is this the baby boomers, perish the thought, I'm a baby boomer. Do, Do we embrace games as well in business? Just give me a quick answer, please. I, I believe the answer is yes. And so, no, I don't think it's generational. I think it's something that will, will can and will span all generations. Yeah. Thank you. Great answer. And, Philip Herzig, I can give you exactly one uh, minute and a half, but I need 30 seconds for me. Go. <laughs> okay, good. So, well, you know, I'm a researcher. I, I don't, if I don't have a model, I don't do predictions. Um, and I don't have a model. And, and, um, but I, I, I so two, two answers basically. Um, the next two and three years will be hard, a hard time because of the, of the, of the big misuse, I think there will be a lot of disillusionment with the overall topic because it does not be this panacea, right? Uh, that people are at the currently are thinking of. But on the other side, when I would like to, would like to make a, when I would like to have a wish, then I completely agree with the visions of Ashok and and and, and yeah. So this is, yeah, and Paul. So this is uh, because yeah, this is absolutely. I should it should be then. I think uh, in all kind of aspects, from learning over business processes in business to customer context and business to employee context. So I think it is it's somewhere in a particular sense has uh, yeah, it's it's viability and desirability in all these kind of contexts. 
Thank you very much, all. And I think the future is coming a lot faster than five years because I know if you all agree, I'll invite you back for part two. We have just barely scratched the surface of this game. Now it's time for my predictions. I wrote them down. They're easy. Today is Wednesday, so it's coffee break. You all know what's coming next. Thursday is tomorrow. Two shows. We have a doubleheader at 1 p.m. Pacific. That's 10 a.m. Oh, let me see. Yes. No, 7 a.m. Pacific. I'm sorry, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we have Future of Business with Game Changers, and the topic is a very unusual one, the future of IT scarcity. Is there a scarcity in IT in terms of resources, in terms of raw materials? Big question. Good panel coming up tomorrow. Get up early, 7 a.m. Pacific or 10 a.m. where I am. Thursday afternoon, it's the final episode of Startup Focus with Game Changers. We'll be talking about startups selling to the enterprise. That's 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Monday, we start all over again with Financial Excellence with Game Changers at 10 a.m. Pacific. Tuesday, it's the day for HR Trends with Game Changers, 9 a.m. Pacific. And Wednesday, we'll be right back here with Coffee Break with Game Changers, Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific. Thank you, Professor Ashok Ranchad. Appreciate your expertise. Gopal Rajguru, again, happy birthday. Spend it well. Have something to drink on us. <laughs> and thank you for joining us. And Philip Herzig calling from Germany. Thank you all. What a wonderful panel. I really appreciate you all taking the time at different times of the day and night to chime in here. We have to say thank you for organizing this topic to Phil Durvin at SAP. And thank you to Malcolm Kimberly my co-producer has been tweeting away during the show. Thank you to Brad and the Business Channel team here at World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I have a little game for all of you to play. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer and play the game to your best today. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.